Welcome to the Social Fabric Podcast with me, Andrea Splendori. And this week, my guest is Sharon Fitzmaurice. Sharon is a holistic wellness therapist and an author. Please subscribe, share and review. It's the only way podcasts like this have a chance to survive. The music in this podcast has been shortened for rights reason. You can find the full songs on Social Fabric playlist on Spotify. The program is also broadcast every Monday 4.30pm on Near FM 90.3. For more information, please visit andreasplendori.com. The title tune is Alice by Lucky Bones. Can I call you up a Alice on a Friday night? We could reminisce on old days and we could talk a while. Sit and talk a while. Been so long now since I've seen So Sharon, listen, thanks a minute. I know we've been talking about this for, I don't know, must be close to a year at this stage. Somehow I never made yeah. it to Corofin. <laughs> <laughs> You will in the future, hopefully, with restrictions or not, we'll get there sometime. Oh, I will definitely have a coffee with you in Corofim. Oh, I look forward to that. I look yeah. forward to it. But in the meantime, so you've always been in the back of my mind. I need to talk to Sharon. I need to talk to Sharon. So now we are. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, as always, do ask you a couple of questions. We'll talk about the music you chose and uh, we'll get as much as, out of you as, as you like or as little as you like. And yeah, I know yeah. you've been uh, very much an open book uh, since since your first book. So I'll ask you questions that I think you'd be happy to to answer. But if you're not, there's no problem. We can always edit it out. That's okay. So I'll tell you what I'd like to start sharing. I'd like to start from your latest book, which just came out, and um, Awaken Your Wellness. And, uh, and it's well-being. A, well-being, I'm sorry. Awaken Your Well-being. <laughs> Awaken Your Well-being. And it's... Uh, it's 14 holistic therapists sharing their stories. And it's in aid of uh, the Simon community, Galway Simon community, which is, the whole thing is just fabulous. Tell me a little bit about the whole project, how you came about and, uh, and what has been happening so far. Well, the reason it started, um, and I have it in, in the introduction to the book, the new book, Awaken Your Wellbeing, was when I wrote my first book and published it in 2018, and um, the response I got was amazing, not just that the book was successful, you know, that is, of course, we all want that for our books because we want people to read them. But it was the awareness to me of, again, you know, what's really out there at the moment is there are so many people struggling, like I had struggled for many years. And of course, I'm very aware of it in my work and in the community. And when I've got responses from people of all ages, but I think the biggest thing for me was a man in his, excuse me, seventies. And he had kept everything to himself all of his life. And when he heard me on some radio show talking about my book, he rang the radio show, he got my number and he rang me crying. And for me, if that's all the response the book got, it was a success because that man was then able to share his story with somebody. And as he said to himself, you know, I don't want to go to the grave with this pain. I want to be able to share it with somebody. And that's why I shared my story. So I realized again, there was so many people that had so much response and I wasn't going to be able to help them all as much and all as I'd love to meet with everybody. 
whether it be one-to-ones or in groups or in community organizations, I had to look after myself also because that's what we have to do. We have to look after ourselves before we can look after anybody else. So a little idea came into my mind at the time and I put it down in my little journal and said, come back to this. This is important, but you can't do it by yourself. And I do believe we all need support along the way. So I have been very blessed with um, meeting many people along the way on my journey. A lot of them have come to me for support and I have gone to them for support because we all need it. It doesn't matter where we are in our lives, because even though people may look at us and say, oh, well, you're therapists or coaches or teachers or nurses or doctors, every single one of us needs support in our well-being. So I asked all of my beautiful friends, lovely therapy friends, if they would do the honor in helping me put this book together in sharing their stories, not just of their practice, you know, of the theory and what it's about and what they do, but what led them to this practice in their own stories and their own struggles and challenges. And they started writing and some of them were a little bit fearful of sharing their personal stories because they weren't all like me. They didn't have a book written and tell everything. So for them, it was huge. And even through writing their own story, and again, remember, it's only a chapter each they're writing, what they have shared is just phenomenal. They have showed their vulnerability and their courage and their strength, you know, their flaws and, you know, how they achieved what they achieved in their lives. But it wasn't all like they're up here, you know, they're not all successful. It's that still every day they go through challenges and that they're being so honest that for me, that's what people really want to see. It's our honesty, it's our vulnerability, it's being authentic, you know, having integrity, that we don't know everything. We're not going around smiling every day and singing off the rooftops, you know, that we too have our own struggles, but we have found ways to help ourselves, but we've also found people to support us in our lives. And that's what brought this book together for me. It's a true vision of what reality is out there for people, but there is support. And in doing so, you know, they're going to share and people will have seen them, you know, like they see us all in social media and think, oh, Eve, you're all right. You've got it all together. No, we haven't. We have shit in our lives too, but we deal with it day by day. And as it happens with the awareness that we have learned along the way in our own journeys. So when we were compiling the book, my whole vision was to not only help others that were reading the book, but to give back And as you all know, I'm a big supporter of Galway Simon Community. They help so many people in the West of Ireland and beyond people coming into Galway from other counties, you know, especially young people. So I wanted all the proceeds of this book, excuse me, to go back into the community. So that's where it started and that's where it's at now, Andreas. That's fantastic. And it's, uh, and I know, and that was uh, one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you because we have a very similar outlook in life and community 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 it keeps coming through anything i read or I listened that you interviews you did in the past or anything you've written on social media is always community and, and we'll come back to that in a minute so tell me about the first song feels so different uh sinead o'connor um sinead o'connor i suppose for a lot of people you know she has gone through her own struggles in life And I remember as a young person watching her with her shaved head, you know, and we all wanted to imitate her. We never looked like the beautiful Sinead, you know, and I did have the shaved head for many years in my young life. 
<laughs> and she, I just thought she was amazing. I thought she had such talent and she sang from her heart and every bit of her sadness and anger and joy came out in her songs. And there was many songs. I could name every one of Sinead O'Connor's songs as my favourite. But Feel So Different was, um, I suppose it really rang through to me. I remember there was a video over on television of singing this song somewhere in Brussels and she was on the stage. It was just amazing. It just captured part of my soul because it was like she was singing my song, you know, that she felt so different. And I suppose that's what music does. You know, it resonates with parts of us in how we're feeling in that moment. And it allows us to be able to express what we're feeling, even if it's only the words of somebody else's song. They feel like our words at times. And it was one of the lines in it was um, everything. All I need was inside me, you know, and that really resonated with me. And in around 1990 and all of all of the years up to that, I knew that there was something deeper inside of me, something stronger. Um, I wasn't sure what that was. I was still very young and naive. But I was learning that, you know, that I needed to go inside more. But as I wrote in my first book, I was so petrified to go inside to myself because I had carried all of my demons and I never let anybody see them for many years. So when I heard that song, it just rose something inside of me that started, I suppose, to, for me to believe well, if Sinead O'Connor can get up on that stage and sing about it, you know, I don't need to get on a stage to do it, but maybe I can do it somewhere in my own life. Now, it did take me many years, but I always remember the moment seeing her and it stuck out in my head. And sometimes I go back and I watch her perform that live and I feel the emotion of what it is I feel now as compared to what I felt as that young 19 year old looking at this amazing Irish star, you know, that was putting everything out there and everything that she was going through. And I still admire her. I still see her as this person that is so vulnerable, but so strong at the same time. Before uh, we'll ask you about your book and I will ask you about your work at the moment, but I want to stay for a minute with your latest book because uh, what I love about uh, you created, you really created that community of the 14 holistic um, therapists. And I, I noticed you, you put in that every day, you put out it on, on LinkedIn and social media, you're explaining, you know, it's a little bio about the people that have worked on this book. And, and it's just the whole thing, it's just, screams generosity screams community and and it's just fabulous and what is the idea okay apart from obviously raising funds for for simon community which is fantastic but what else do you hope to get out of this book that people will have more of an awareness and understanding of their own mind body connection that you know a lot of the times people are only being treated for their symptoms they're not being treated as the whole person and that's where I've always come from in my own practice and when I realized many years ago that you know my body was failing but it, what, there, I didn't have any 
disease. You know, it wasn't that for me, it was mental and emotional fatigue. It was not understanding how one affected the other. So this book to me, in all of the therapists describing, some of them had gone through physical diagnosis. Some of them had gone through mental health issues. Some of them had, um, you know, there was all of, there's so many things in the book, fertility issues. You know, some of them were very successful in their own rights and different aspects of professional work. And they realized that something wasn't right. They were all like, today I put out a post about Stephanie Dowling Foley, you know, such a high achiever, played for the Ireland rugby team, women's Ireland rugby team, had her own personal um, training business long before it was a fad or a trend in the world, you know, was so successful at sports and her work and everything that she did. But still, there was something missing. There was something missing from her life. And it wasn't until she was physically diagnosed with a rare condition that she stopped where she had to stop. And that's what our body does. Our body will keep trying to give us signals throughout the day or the week or the year. And sometimes 10 years later, only then when we're diagnosed, we realize that we've had those signals a long time before our body got sick, but we weren't listening. So for me, it's about being aware. And in all of my practice, where I'm working with my clients and groups and everybody else, you know, I'll say, well, how is your body feeling today? And where are you feeling something in your body? And when you're feeling it there, and even though the doctor says there's nothing wrong with you physically, what's the emotion there? You know, and they'll say, how do you mean the emotion? And I'll say, well, how, what is that feeling? Where is it in your body? What is the emotion? And they'll go, I don't know because they don't have the awareness that our emotions are affecting them physically. They don't have an awareness or an understanding of how that thought create, you know, linked together with the emotion becomes their behavior and then their belief and their patterns down the road. So for me, it's about relearning how we were taught years ago about, you know, well, I'll take a tablet because I have a sore leg, you know, or I'm feeling a bit down today. So I'll eat half a bucket of ice cream and 20 bars of chocolate, you know, and that has an effect on us physically down the road. So it's really, I suppose, it's for me, it was a re-education. You know, I'm not saying that all people aren't aware, but are they really aware of how their body is trying to signal them every day? Are they aware of the thoughts that they think that are creating an energy in their emotions? That that emotion has a huge effect on how they respond to their families and friends and to the outside world. For me, I just have such a passion for it. You know, if I could get into every child at a young age and sit with them, you know, and tell them they're amazing just as they are. And it, we don't all have to be the same. We don't all have to be high achievers, but just being happy. And I've said it to my own kids, as long as you're happy and healthy within yourself, whatever that means to you, you know, no matter what's going on in your life, you can speak about it. You know, you can tell me or tell somebody else, you know, to be able to share, to be able to speak. But unfortunately, like myself many years ago, I didn't have the emotional intelligence. I didn't have the words to express what I felt inside of me. I felt pain, but where was that pain coming from? So I want people when they read this book to maybe just, it might spark something within them and go, oh yes, that resonates with me. Or yes, that makes sense to me. Or, oh, now I understand. 
maybe why this has been happening for years, that what the beliefs I had, maybe they're no longer my beliefs. Maybe that's not what I believe. Maybe I've been told to believe all of this all along, but maybe that's not my belief anymore. Maybe there's something new for me to put my energy into. So the book is a whole opening of awareness and understanding. And again, if a 77-year-old man can read one book and say, now I can speak my truth, imagine what 14 people sharing their vulnerable, honest stories can help other people to do. Fabulous. Fabulous. Um, Snow Patrol, light up. That's yes. Awesome. Why that song? Um, well, I've been told many times that I light up the room. And I love that because I have a very loud, gregarious laugh and I am always smiling. Um, but it's actually one of my husband's favorite songs. And he sings that and he sings another Irish song, Grace. And when he sings it, he makes the room light up for me. He has been um, a grounding force in my life. And as I wrote in my first book, he saw the light in me when I couldn't see it myself. And he allowed me to show the light within myself. He showed me that I could be loved, even as messed up as I was, or I believed I was with all my flaws and failures, that he saw the best in me. And I just, I think that's what real love is. It's not that I, you know, I'm going around fabulous looking every day, you know, sometimes I'm walking around in my pajamas with my hair stuck on the top of my head. And so when I look at another person, I see the light within them, no matter who comes to me or in my groups. And some people are going through the harshest of realities in that moment when I see them. But I see their light and I try to show them what I can see. And they're always amazed because they go, not sure, how can you see that? <laughs> because it's what we're looking for in life. That's what we'll see. that uh, I had heard you when you were talking to Miley Coyne on, on her podcast um, I think it was last year talking about the the elderly gentleman got in touch with you after yeah. your first book and I love that because I always say it with with this podcast I call it the one crab you know if, if we can save the one crab then we've done our job but that's all we can expect and hopefully that that moves on in through the community and through the society and then we'll have yes. a better world but so let's talk about your first book. We're going kind of backwards a bit, but that's fine. We'll get to we'll yeah. get to all of it. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but your first book is a fabulous um, title, and hopefully I get this right. If someone helped me, so I did, and yeah. uh, and it was um, it came to a point at a point where you really, I suppose, it, 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 the darkest hour, as you described it before. Tell me about the, and, and I heard you saying that it was, it was therapeutic, it was cathartic, it, you know, that, that old process of writing it down made a, a massive difference here. But tell us a little bit about that first book, because it only came out a couple of years ago and it's still in print and still available. So tell us a bit. 
Um, yes, as you mentioned there, it, you know, I never want, it wasn't, you know, a vision of mine to publish a book. That's not where it started. It was really, I, I always keep, I always kept a diary, even as a young child. And that, I suppose, without realizing it was a way of me being able to express the pain or the fear that I felt. So as I got older, I kept a journal. I was very trendy, you know, it was a journal then, not a diary. And I used to write in my journal, you know, all of the things that I felt. But then I started writing all of the things I would like to do. So things started changing for me. And a lot of the things that I wrote that I'd like to do, it wasn't a specific label, you know, that I want to be a coach or a therapist or a teacher or any of those things. It was always about I want to help somebody like I wished I could have been helped, you know, and I used to write, how can I do that? And I had no idea, no idea. You know, social media wasn't huge that time. I didn't have Internet access. You know, I couldn't even afford magazines or newspapers most of the time. So these were my own thoughts, you know, and as I wrote them down, I thought, well, how can I do that? And there was different ways I could do it. You know, I could volunteer maybe and all of I wrote all the little things I could do but as I was writing and as you said it was hugely healing for me and it made made me see or made me realize that the people that had hurt me the most um, had their own backstories as well that's not an excuse for their behavior but that they had their own backstories as well and they had never found healing or peace or forgiveness or compassion or acceptance so they went on. And again, that was their choice. And I always say that we have a, every day we have a choice with what we're going to do, how we're going to react and respond to ourselves in the world. But it allowed me to have some compassion and eventually have forgiveness for the people that had really hurt me in my life. And that was the biggest thing for me ever, because when I decided to forgive, it wasn't that I was forgiving the person's actions. I was forgiving them for choosing the wrong things, you know, choosing to hurt me along the way, maybe without, you know, with, without realizing it, that they were hurting me and that it would go on to have such an effect in my life. But it allowed me to escape from being that prisoner of the past, you know, to be a prisoner in my own mind or a prisoner in my own pain. And I really felt like that. I felt like I opened the door to a cage when I was writing. And I started to feel parts of my physical body. And I really, truly felt it. And this is where I realized there's such a connection. I realized how tight my body was. It was held in this stress and this pain for years. And as I started writing, areas in my body started to release that tension. Tears flowed. Of course, they flowed. You know, there was many pages in my journal that I couldn't even read with the tears that used to fall on the ink. But to me, it was it was proof that I was letting it out, that I wasn't holding it onto it any longer. So after writing and writing and writing for years, I decided, you know, maybe I would put it into a book format. And when I met a publisher at the time, I just thought, okay, and yes, we'll publish the book. But I thought, I don't want this book to go out. I don't want all of this pain to go out there because that's not who I am now. You know, who I was when I published the book was a completely different person. So I scrapped it. I still have the original manuscript, I might add, but I scrapped it and I wrote it from a new perspective, a perspective of who I am now, looking back on what I had gone through. And again, like in the book we're doing now, Awaken Your Being, is how I found ways to help myself, to help me 
understand who I am now and who I want to be and where I'm going in my life. And I still don't know to this day, Andreas, where I'm going, but that doesn't matter because I really believe that once we start healing our past selves, it's like the universe opens up. It opens up all these amazing doors. I meet wonderful people like you, you know, like Mally, like, oh my God, every person I've met has contributed to my life in some way, as I hope I've contributed to theirs, even in a small little way, because that's what it's about. It's given you to receive, you know, and it's not about getting anything in return, but what we're getting is we're being seen for who we are. And that's my, one of my favorite little things, you know, I see you, I hear you, I feel you. Absolutely. And it, yeah, and that's what it's all about. It's everyone wants to be seen. That's why social media is, um, I suppose, huge. And if you look on Twitter, for example, you will see people, you know, writing their innermost thoughts. Who are they writing it to? They're waiting for a reaction, like we all are, because that's what social media is. If people say, oh, I hate social media, but they're always on it, because everyone's looking for a reaction or a response. That's what we want in our lives. We want to be seen and we want to be heard. But most of the time, people want to be recognized for being there, for being there, just being there. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, for many people that are going through issues in their life at the moment, they're not seen. They don't believe they're seen or they're heard. So it's huge for me to be able to respond to people and say, you know, I was there once as well. And at first you have to start seeing and hearing yourself, understanding what you're feeling. Okay. Absolutely. And I have a couple of questions on that. <clears throat> Tell me about this uh, Queen Elvis. Great, uh, great. Uh, I, I didn't know them. The song is mm -hmm. Rock About Baby. Yes. Who are they and why did you pick them? Well, bringing the family into it, the lead singer is my sister, Caroline. Lovely. And her husband, Colin, is also in the band and some of their friends. And Caroline wrote this song, Rockabye Baby, or sang it on um, that bandwagon YouTube that I've sent you. But I, when she wrote it, of course, obviously, because she's my sister and a fantastic singer, and they were in a band years ago, um, Big Bag of Sticks, and they traveled all over the world. They supported the Pogues. And she had two small children at the time, only 11 months between them. And my mother and myself and other family members used to help and support them. And it was a hard, it was a hard road for them. But they're now living in Galway and music. She has a great passion for music and the environment. And I love her passion when she's singing. I love her voice, obviously, because, again, the words resonated with me. And she is a mother. And it's, you know, that somebody loves you. And that stuck out for me because somebody always loves us. Even if we don't love ourselves, there is always somebody else out there that loves you. And again, it's reaching out to that person, you know, and asking for that encouragement, asking for that support, because at times we all feel like we're not loved. You know, we may not feel that love for ourselves, but that there is always someone that loves us.
when you were talking about rewriting the book or <clears throat> re-editing it as such from a different perspective, and I heard you saying um, about your, you still talk to your younger self uh, in a way, you still refer to um, <clears throat> to what happened to you in the past and, and, and be able to look at it, be aware of it. And I think you mentioned that as well about the, the elderly gentleman got in touch with you that he said, you know, if it just rediscover all this pain that he had as a child and uh, and also you have this beautiful image of uh, well beautiful it's quite a quite mm. a poignant image of you yourself in, in on the on the floor in the fetal position so that that the whole going back into the past and dealing with it and awareness again is it is a word that recurs with you all the time the awareness of it all so You've gone through that old self-healing that got you then to be uh, of service to other people. To they, they have had a similar experience or they've gone through something. What is how how do you help somebody? And I don't mean like uh, you know what's your session like, but yeah, how does it work for you when you when I, if I'm sitting with you, uh, uh, you know, I bring you say, sure, I want to do a few sessions with you because. I, of something just tell me a bit about that because it is it, still going through your your own you're constantly healing as you say you step mm. one step at a time tell me about well so if um the first thing i suppose if somebody contacts me you know and they say they want a session and so i don't ask them for any details about themselves i just say yes and we book a date and a time but about a half an hour before um, any new client or any client at all comes to me, I sit down and I tune into myself because remember, we look after ourselves before we look after anybody else. So I sit down and I ground myself and I bring myself into that space and my complete focus and attention is going to be on the person that's coming to me for the next hour and a half. So I will sit with them and I may just have their first name and I open my heart to their heart even before they come. And I bring myself into a space of compassion and understanding and awareness that it's not about what I believe is right for this person. It's their energy is going to tell me in that moment what is best for them at present time, even if it is, you know, details or traumas from the past that are now triggering them into whatever they're feeling right now and stopping them from moving on. So I will sit down with a little A4 pad under it and I will listen to that person's energy, even though they're not present in the room, because for me, energy has no boundaries within time and space. And I will write what I feel from this person's energy. And when they come in the door, I'll welcome them and I'll bring them up to the therapy room and I'll sit with them. And I'll ask them is, how can I help you today? You know, and it's basically, how can I serve you? Because we are being of service. And they may start off with, well, I'm just going through a really hard time and I need something to help me. And you will say, well, what do you believe that thing is that's going to help you? And they'll go, well, you. <laughs> and they, you know, they might have heard about me from somebody else. And I'll say, well, I can only guide you. You have made the, the first step and the decision and the choice today to create a change. And you've already shifted something within your awareness. So I will tell, they will maybe go on a little bit about, you know, what has brought them to this point. And I will tell them how their energy is showing me what's going on. And a lot of the times that will be stuff from the past. 
and they may have pushed it aside they may have blocked it out they may have said that you know they can't be true to themselves because they don't know who they are so we start in that moment andreas of figuring out who they are right now even if all they see is a black canvas with a tiny bit of light and it's sometimes very minute but we focus on that tiny bit of light and we bring it outwards and we create a different canvas a canvas of who they want to be, what they would want to do in their lives if they had a choice, even if they believe it's fantasy. And we start from there, but we start at the very basics. And I always say it's breath, body and emotion. I start by anchoring myself into my body with my breath. And once I become aware of that breath, I'm, I'm aware of that this breath is allowing me to live. It's allowing me to be here in this body. So how is my body feeling today? And they go in and sometimes that connection with their body brings up the trauma or the pain that they're holding on to. And we start out very gently. We don't have to name it. We don't have to analyze it or judge it. We're just aware of it, where it is in the body. And then sometimes there's an area in the body that keeps showing up constantly on every breath. It could be the tummy or the back or the big toe. And we'll go into that area and I'll say, well, just give it a color. And they'll identify a color in that area and they'll say it's black or it'll be one of these really hard colors. Okay, let's breathe into that color. Let's just breathe in again. We don't have to know what it is. Just let's breathe into it. And when they feel ready, then we can identify the emotion. And again, we don't have to know why that emotion is there. We just breathe into it. And it starts off very gently, breath body and emotion no matter how far anybody is and I've had doctors and nurses that have come to me and it's sometimes the first time they've become aware of their breath body and emotion even though they're dealing with bodies every single day and breath and the lack of it <laughs> very good so the next song is probably just perfect for this uh, breathing on the water by Emily Sande and um, great mm. song great artist actually what do you yes, prefer? I love Emily Sandy. Absolutely love her. Again, her voice, her passion. When um, she became famous, you know, I always remember reading her or hearing her say, people thought I'm an overnight success. They didn't realize that she had been gigging for years in dingy clubs, you know, and wherever she was, anywhere she could get an audience. And that might be two people or 20 people. I've been lucky enough to see her live twice. And um, the last time I seen her was in the three arena and she, we actually met her manager that night and he was telling us that her voice was like her throat was really, really sore and everyone was telling her to cancel. And she said, no, I cannot let all of these people down. So she came out that night and only for we knew you could hear little you know, a little thing in her throat, but otherwise she sang her heart out. Now, she ended up probably in bed for a few days afterwards, but she didn't want to let anybody down because they had paid for their tickets and, you know, but she really needed to mind herself too. But she gave so much back to her fans that had helped her to get to this place. And for me, I suppose she is an amazing artist because like that, everyone just sees the success, you know, it's like anybody. Um, and again, social media is huge about people that are successful. They'll only see them. They won't see all the work they've done for years and years before that. You know, for me, it's honoring 
myself, the work that I have done all over the years, and also honoring the work. And that's what a little bit in Awaken Your Wellbeing is honoring the work, not just professionally, but personally, that all of these lovely therapists have done in their life to get them to where they are right now. And that's what most people I admire in my life. It's, it's not just for the, oh, the big award. It's for everything they've done before that. So I want to go back and honor everything else. So breathing underwater, water for me is very symbolic energetically. It's a cleansing, you know, but it's also for our emotions. And sometimes we are just drowning in our own emotions, you know. And for me, that song, Breathing Underwater, it's how I felt many times that I was drowning under my own emotions, not knowing or aware of what they really were. And again, there's a line in it, I believe in miracles. It's a miracle I'm here. And I believe. Every day we have little miracles. You know, I get up every morning and I'm alive and I can breathe and I can put my feet on the floor. That's a miracle. I'm not waiting for something to drop down in front of me, you know, and go, Yahoo! it's me. I am a living, breathing miracle, as is each and every person in this world. And the fact that I reached that darkest point in my life, you know, at the age of 24, but something, as I said, within me, was a little bit stronger than I'd ever realized. And every day after that, the miracle just got bigger and bigger and bigger for me. You know, not just that I'm here, but that I'm able to help somebody else. Because if I had decided or chosen that night to just end it all, I wouldn't be helping anybody else. What a waste that would be in the world. Absolutely, and we're so glad to have you. Thank you. But let's get to that point then. Let's get to that darkest hour, 24, because obviously you wrote it in the book. And I just, the one thing that really struck me listening to the conversation with Mali and even what you've been saying to me today, I mean, your passion for people and community, but what you went through, the trauma you went to, and I know you didn't, you didn't have the language, you didn't have the emotional intelligence, et cetera. You were a young person, but do you feel that the community let you down at the time? And if so, how has that changed? You were in kind of the west of Ireland, let's call it rural Ireland for want of a better word. You're yeah. not in the a, in a, in a metropolis. Has that yeah. changed? And tell me a bit about that, uh, that part. Um, well, I suppose I never thought about the community letting me down at the time because remember what we were living through wasn't something that you spoke about, you know, back in the 80s. Um, for me, it was like, and it still is the case for a lot of families that are going through um, domestic abuse or sexual abuse. It's not something they're going to speak about because you have a huge amount of shame. And shame is probably one of the worst diseases in our world still to this day. Even though it wasn't my fault and I, I was only a child, I still had the shame that, you know, this was going on in my life. 
So, of course, I went out every day and just pretended to be a normal child, whatever a normal child is supposed to be like. I don't know. For me, a child is just a child. It doesn't matter what or where they come from or their background. But for me, I suppose that in, I suppose, rural Ireland, and I didn't always live in the west of Ireland. I was born in Carlow, raised in Kildare and moved to Galway. Um, people kept to themselves. They kept their business quite private. Um, you know, women got together in houses and they shared cups of tea and they may have shared their woes. But a lot of those women didn't share what was really going on in their house. As children, again, we didn't have the words to express that and we didn't hear other children speaking of it. So, of course, that wasn't a topic of conversation when you were playing out in the playground at school. So, it, again, as I said, for me, it was when I became a teenager. And yes, I could have reached out to somebody. But as I said, it wasn't spoken about. And I spoke at... Um, I talked for Galway Rape Crisis Centre last year, the year before, and I said there was no signs on the side of buses and there wasn't TV advertisements, you know, about child abuse or domestic violence. There is now and there is huge support and it's, again, it's all over social media. So again, I didn't have the awareness of really what it was called. What was it? What was it this I was going through? For me, it was, this was just normal for me in a way. I knew nothing different until I knew different. So community, yes, maybe they did let me down, but I didn't have the awareness of the community out there wanting to help anybody either. Because remember, you're staying within your bubble to keep safe or believing that you're safe when you're in fact not. Mm, okay, so Christina Perry, A Thousand Years is your next song. Tell yes. me about that song. Um, that was a song I heard, I think it was actually from a Twilight movie, um, <laughs> the vampire movies, which is very funny. And my niece had been reading the books and she was very excited about the movies coming out. And I am a sucker for romance. And so I thought, OK, she'd been talking about it so much. I would watch it. And Christina Perry's song was on it. And again, it just struck me. It was just amazingly beautiful. And I listened to the words and the words that stuck out for me, how to be brave. How can I love when I'm afraid? Watching you stand alone. I have died every day waiting for you. I have loved you for a thousand years. I will be brave. Every breath, every hour has come to this. And it wasn't speaking about another person that I've been waiting for another person a thousand years. I was waiting for myself. I was waiting for that connection to my soul. I was waiting to reconnect my mind, body and soul. And it was how to be brave within myself and that the love that I feel for myself now, I hadn't felt, you know, ever really growing up. I didn't understand about the relationship with myself. So when I'm teaching um, my Reiki practice to all my lovely students, I play this song and they'll cry and, you know, and I'll say, well, why are you crying? Why does that song resonate with you? And for some, it may be a lost love or a heartache or a lost parent or a sibling or a child. And some will cry for themselves because they understand, you know, they've never had that connection to themselves. So that song is really special for me. <laughs> so everyone associates, as I said, with the movie and, you know, falling in love with somebody and waiting all your life for the perfect person. But I was waiting for myself to show up. 
I was waiting to find love for myself so that I could love other people and allowed myself to be loved also. So, and it was learning that I am brave, you know, and I am strong and just love yourself for who you are. Yeah. And I wait a thousand years. Maybe my soul has, you know, been waiting that long for me to finally realize it. But yeah, I'm here now. Like we could talk about you and your life story forever, but I urge people to go and buy the book and and, and read that and to follow you on social media because you do you're very open about uh, everything from your your deepest thoughts to your your best dance of the day. Uh, oh yes, <laughs> I love dancing. <laughs> Any way you can express yourself. <laughs> oh, it's fabulous. Every now and then, so let's see let's see what Sharon's dancing to. And it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but but one thing you 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 very again because this podcast is all about passion is about communities and you've some great ideas on how we could because look we've been talking about you we're talking about the, the few people that come and see you the, the many customers that come the clients I should say yeah. and what you've done with your latest book to create again try to grow that movement for wanting a better world. But it's still, there's so many of us out there, there's so many teenagers out there that I'm, I'm really keen to see something changing for them so that there won't be, um, you know, the next person that's going through some trauma knows that he or she can, has the tools to do something or can reach out to somebody. And you have some great ideas in terms of how we could make that happen through the community, through the GAA and so on and so forth. Just just tell me what, what would you do if you had a magic wand today and the minister ring you say, Sharon, change mental health for me today. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of, because it has um, come out huge amount, you know, there's a huge amount of awareness, more so now than ever. And every organization has a responsibility whether it's in the community or a workplace, you know, no matter how big or small it is, I believe that every organization has a responsibility to the people that are involved in it. So if we could all have a um, emotional well-being officer in every workplace, in every school, in every club, that would be my ideal goal. And I think it's, you know, no more than schools having a career guidance counselor I believe that an emotional well-being person, whatever you want to call them, in the school, not just one because the school is hundreds of kids at many times, that there should be one for every year and it should be available. And I know that many schools are bringing in, you know, um, mental and um, emotional well-being classes. And, you know, there's so many people running, um, you know, schools like Frezzy, A Lust for Life. I know they're running great programs in schools. But there still doesn't seem to be enough. Many times I get um, calls from parents and they're asking, can I see their teenage child? So a teenager will come to me and again, they may not have the words to express it. And they'll say, oh, yeah, they have that in school, but I'm not talking in school. 
I'm not talking in front of my class about how I feel because I'll only be laughed at. And, you know, so that showed me that we have to have outside support outside of our schools, maybe even outside of our organizations that's freely available or even if it's at a donation cost. But again, it comes back to raising the awareness and the understanding of a relationship with self. I remember many years ago, um, I was doing um, volunteer work and I went into a school um, in County Galway and it was both male and female students and they were in transition year and there was great slagging going on and who are these owl ones coming in here, you know, telling us about positive mental health. And the first question I asked was, well, what is the relationship with yourself? And of course, you got all the jeering. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm gay. I love myself. And, you know, slagging each other. It was great crack altogether. And of course, I love a sense of humor. So I was laughing along and it broke the ice. But I said, as you look in the mirror, you know, who do you see? And they all responded with, well, I see me, my hair, my clothes, you know, I'm so cool. And I said, that's not what I asked. I asked, who do you see? Who's looking back at you? And none of them could understand that. They didn't understand that relationship with self that forms all other relationships as they grow. So even from young ages, realizing that that relationship with self is the most vital and most important to each and every one of us. And as I said, there's people of all ages coming to me, and that's the first thing that I will teach them or guide them. You know, they have to choose to teach themselves and understand that is that relationship with self. So if I could wave my magic wand, Andres, it would be that I or loads of other people could go out there and whether it's voluntary or, you know, I've often been asked to do well-being talks for an hour in companies. And I kind of say no now, because an hour to tick off your list in an organization is not good enough. That is no good to your employees. As I said, we have responsibilities to the people that work for us and with us. They're the people that are helping the school or the organization or the sports club or the company to keep going, to keep growing. So what are we giving back to them? And the more that we give to that person, the more they will be able to give back to our company, to the community, to the world, to their families, to their friends, to everybody. So it's the relationship to self. It's a connection to self. And if we can connect to ourselves, we can connect to the world. Fabulous. And then your next quest, your next song is perfect. It's called Collective Whisper. It's the, it's the band and there's someone. So Collective Whisper yes. kind of really goes with what you've just been saying. If we really kind of create that collective. Tell me about this tune. Yes. So this is my brother. <laughs> you can see I like to keep it in the family. Brother We're placement. all very talented. <laughs> so yeah and they are they only released their song last week and my brother is over in Madrid with his family for a number of years and they have gone through a huge amount as many countries have in Spain but while they were in really hard restrictions longer than in Ireland um, he decided he would um, continue his music and write this beautiful song with Alexandra singing and it's a catchy, upbeat song, and it's someone 
So we all need, again, it's someone, you know, to love us, to encourage us, to support us, to be there for us. You know, and for me, that's what we all need in this moment is someone to see us, to hear us, to feel us, to know we're there for us to realize that even though we're locked in in these restrictions, that it's just, again, that's a physical feeling. But we don't have to be locked in in our minds. We don't have to be locked into ourselves or locked into the negativity that we're being fed every other day, that we can open up to somebody. We can give something to somebody. We can help someone. So for me, yes, Collective Whisper, um, loved it. I danced to it on video last week as well and put it up. And, you know, if I can bring a smile to somebody's face today, that's enough for me. It doesn't have to be this huge, profound, you know, piece of wisdom. It's somebody just to have a smile on your face, maybe to get up, move around, shake your shoulders. You know, it doesn't matter about your dancing skills, just to get up and move. And just even for a few moments, connect to that breath and body, move, smile and enjoy life. What more could you ask for? Okay, so we're coming towards the end of it. Um, so I guess my question is, you obviously, um, you're on a wonderful forward trajectory and you have been for, for, for a long time. You always have been, I suppose, but there was a little bleep at some point in your life yeah. that thankfully you got over. But you're going through it every day, as you said a few times, You, it's, it's putting your feet on the ground in the morning, first thing in the morning, that's a miracle. And then the next thing is, is whatever else, whatever else happens after that is a miracle. And everything is a miracle. And it's a great way to look at it, small steps. And um, so what's, what's, and you know, you, you, this great book just came out. What, what's next in uh, Sharon's plans for the future? What else are you planning to do? Or have you thought of something already? Um, well, I'm always thinking of lots of things, as I said, with the universe is out there and I'm open to all ideas and inspirations. I meditate daily. I allow my heart to open up to the world and whatever flows in. But it has to it has to, you know, spark something within me, Andres. It has to light up my soul. And when it does, I am like, oh, oh my God, yeah, I really want to do that. So there's lots of things I want to do. But again, you can't do everything together. So it's to focus, you know, and that's for me is a huge thing is to focus your attention on what's your priority right now. So the first thing should be the priority to ourselves, looking after yourself. And especially through these times where there's a huge amount of negativity, as I say, is to focus on what's positive in your life, to focus on being grateful. So that's my priority each and every day. And then of course, it's my family, um, John and my two adult kids. And then it's my outer family and my community and everything after that. So my work is a part of my life, you know, because it's me. You know, I don't have a company or 20,000 people behind me. It's me. So I put everything uh, of me into my work when I'm doing it. So for me, I am open to every opportunity that comes at my way. As I said, I don't have something that I'm going to say, this is it. I have lots of little projects that I have in the mix. 
And for me, this book now, Awaken Your Wellbeing, that is going is now ready to pre-order, but will be released officially on the 1st of November. I want to put my efforts into that because of the efforts that everybody else has put into it along with me for Galway Simon community, who I have been a longtime supporter of, and that there are many people out there um, really affected by homelessness. And it's not just, as I say, sleeping on the streets, it's people in their homes that um, are really struggling at the moment, especially with everything that's going on. But I want, if I was to say what I'm focusing on right now is I woke up smiling this morning, really excited. And what I have lived by most of my life um, is just for today. So just for today, I'll focus on one thing or just for today, I'll focus on this or just for today, I'll <clears throat> focus on whatever it's going to be. It might be just walking out in the forest. So I want to start a just for today campaign. And I'm going to do this kind of in the next day or two. And it's to every day put up just for today, I will, bloody belly, whatever it's going to be. So the people just focus on today because a huge amount of anxiety comes from that worry of what's going to happen down the road. And of course, that's a very natural thing because, you know, we're so prone to worrying, especially as Irish people, it's kind of part of our culture. But if we can only focus on just for today. So again, if I can just focus for today and help somebody else just focus for today, maybe it'll help them get through to, to tomorrow. So that's what I'm focused on right now. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> that's fantastic, Sharon. So you gave us a lot of wisdom already, but I always ask uh, somebody to give me um, the, their words of wisdom, as I call them, the, a quote, anything at all that uh, you find uh, inspirational, whatever you want to call it, anything at all. I suppose what's helped me um, get through many a dark day or many a dark night is that I accept myself deeply and completely just as I am. Great. Brilliant. And we're going to leave it with the, the last song, Rise Up by Andre Day. Yes, in spite of it all, we rise up. And as I said, we all have something, you know, that can hold us down and keep us locked in our heads, keep us locked in our beds, keep us locked in our homes, you know, and even with restrictions and everything that's going on at the moment, we can still rise up every day. We can find something to be grateful for in that moment, even if it's just the cup of tea that you've made this morning for yourself, or that you can look out the window and see the sky or hear the birds, whatever it is. So I rise up every day. I mightn't rise up jumping every single day, but I do rise up. And I rise up because, again, for me, this body has given me a vehicle for my soul to be in this world. And what a privilege that is. Well, Sharon Fitzmaurice, it's been an absolute pleasure. Long time coming, but well worth the wait. Thanks a million Thank for your time. Thank you so much. It was so lovely talking to you as well, Andres. And best of luck with everything you're doing. You're broken down and tired Of living life on the merry-go-round And you can't find a fighter But I see it in you, so we gon' walk it out Move mountains we gon' walk it out and move on days. And I rise 
silence is a